Hey guys, before this episode starts, you should know that this was recorded over two days, on Thursday with Matt and Trice, and Friday with Terrence. And I'm going to try to splice it up so you don't even notice, but if it sounds weird, that's why. So, enjoy the show. Friends Fancast, we are an Allison Rosen fan podcast. I am one of your hosts, Rafael Marquez Castaneda. Lisa, as you know if you listened to last week's show, is somewhere trying to communicate with owls and getting drunk at 8.30 in the morning. Uh, so, to make up for the fact that we're down a host, I decided to get some good guests for this episode. So, welcome back, Trice. Hey, how's it going, everybody? One of my guests this week is someone who is new to the show, is living in the United Arab Emirates, and his name is Terrence Powell. Welcome. Hey, thank you. Happy to be here. Hi, everybody. And also joining us, kind of for the first time on Best Friends Fancast, he was formerly on the JMO Patrol once, we have Matt Kania. Kania, yeah. Close enough. Uh, How's it going, Matt? You are at Blue Canoe on Twitter, and people might know your work because you created Touch the Tushy? Correct. I did. (laughs) Yeah, which which got a lot of play for a while. That was pretty cool. It did. And um, so for people that don't know you, kind of give us like a quick rundown on how you got into Allison and maybe even how you created Touch the Tushy. Sure. Yeah, let me think back. I mean, as far as getting into Allison, it was uh, through the Corolla show. And I actually started listening to his show right about the same time that she was coming on. And I had just, um, I think it was like, the holidays, Christmas time of that year, and I listened to some back episodes, and maybe she had joined that fall or something like that, and um, and stayed with that show until they had their uh, completely amicable split uh, not too long ago, a couple of years ago, <laughs> and uh, I haven't really listened to to his since then, but stayed with hers as far. But before. Um, she went out on her own with the podcast. I was already starting to play around with some of the audio just because we had gotten a laptop recently and I just was using like GarageBand and seeing what the, the loops it had to offer were. And I, I don't have any practice at sound editing, so I was just trying to teach myself stuff. And so I think I would just listen to, um, there were a lot of things that, you know, Jeff, caught on to that were like really lending themselves to drops, which is something that show didn't have before. And I, for whatever reason, in my head, I was turning some of them into songs. And then Daniel actually came up with that uh, song or Allison was trying to remember it, I think on one episode. 
And so he ended up singing it. And so it was just like a, a perfect storm of like what I was into at the time and the fact that that happened. And so I played around with it with a few um, royalty-free Apple loops and uh, sent it over. And then they ended up playing it. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. And it, it was, as they said, it was like a, the summer hit. <laughs> So we are all drinking, and Matt, you're drinking vodka, Trice yeah. is drinking rum, and you know me, I'm a ratchet-ass bitch, so I have my peach arita, which I'm going to crack open right now. Uh, to clarify, I'm drinking rum mixed with, like, uh, what is it, peach mango crystal white, so I'm pretty ratchet <laughs> over here also. Nice. Yeah, I've got vodka in, in a fresca, so... I think we uh, we belong together is what this all means. <laughs> Speaking of we we belong together, um, we all three met the first day of PodFest and hung out, and I really enjoyed that, and that's why I decided to have this group back together. So on Monday, we had fan favorites Aaron Gibson and Brian Safi from Throwing Shade back on, and they immediately started talking about Armageddon and disaster prep. It was a hashtag L conversation is what it was. Yeah, I thought about that too. Are you guys prepared for a disaster? No, man. No, we don't. Uh, I look around my house. I'm so unprepared. Like we don't have a lot of the basic like safety requirements people should have at a house. I think we're sorely lacking and to be very honest with you. So no, I'll be, I'll be listening to your guys' answers and perhaps <laughs> becoming closer friends. Well, you're a... A family man. You have a wife and kids, correct? Yes. So, see, me, because I'm single, well, I mean, I have a girlfriend, but I'm just like a single person, and if, you know, the apocalypse happens, I figure, ah, you know, who cares? But you, (laughs) you have people to take care of, so I feel like you would be the most prepared. Um, Yeah, and when you put it like that, it it sounds bad, sure. (laughs) I'm trying to make you feel bad. But we don't have any of the, I always think, though, how nice it would be to have just like even a generator, even just when the power goes out sometimes, stuff like that. Um, But no, but I could be convinced to, like, I I could be scared into making a disaster preparedness kit pretty easily, I think. What about you, Trice? (laughs) I'm just planning to stock up on guns and hope everything goes okay. Uh, no, I'm not, not only am I not prepared for anything serious, I accidentally may have set a small fire, uh, about a week ago and realized I had nothing to put it out. Uh, so no, the oh, short wow. answer is no. What, what was the fire? I was cooking something and there was a, uh, a, a small to moderate grease fire. Um, luckily it was contained within like a cast iron skillet. So at first I ran, I took a step towards the sink and I was like, no. Water bad for grease fire. I ended yeah. up just sm- yeah. I had like a lid that fit over it, so I just smothered it out and tossed it in the oven um, to you know starve it of oxygen, uh, which turned out to be a good call. So at least I know I won't completely flip out in case of emergency, but I am also not prepared. Uh, now you live in a much different situation than we do over here, but what are your thoughts on that? Uh. I think that you should always be, because I'm of the mind of Al, uh, where it's like, hey, just be prepared for whatever would come. So 
I agree that you should be prepared, but, you know, they were taking it a step further than I would because, you know, Allison was like, yo, I'll just have crates of peanut butter instead of these guns. But I was amazed that nobody brought up, well, they have guns. They'll just take your peanut butter. Like, how are you? There's no bartering when other people have guns, especially in a post-apocalyptic world. Like, have you not seen the movies? So I thought that was strange. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so they're definitely going to need a gun. So that's something that once, whenever, whatever happens, they'll have to have a gun. I'm not prepared, but I feel like any supplies that you have, or like you said, if you have a generator when the power goes out, everything that you have in, in Armageddon disaster situation makes you a target. So like Bill Burr always jokes about how you know, if you have a generator and the power goes out, you better turn all your lights off real quick or else, you know, if you're, you know, you're lit up like a Christmas tree, everyone's going to be like, hey, he's still got power. And after, you know, 30 seconds, you're going to be a target. Yeah, it's a tough call because I don't see myself as the person who could make somebody else the target. So like may- maybe at least if I had all the stuff, like maybe I'd be able to keep an eighth of it as I'm like cowering in a corner trying to you know as people are coming to drag my generator away or whatever whatever they do in the apocalypse but what was their thing they they were saying like weren't they working out some kind of barter system like one person had guns and yeah they said you're gonna have a, like a an oil barrel full of peanut butter apparently that you can barter with peanut butter i've honestly never heard that before they seem to all agree that that and Armageddon needs peanut butter, and I swear to you, I've never heard that. It, someone told me that the superfood was bananas. So is it peanut butter or bananas? Or Bananas are oh. going to go bad, though. That's yeah. Thing. Peanut butter is good because you can save it for a long time. It's and a also short it's Armageddon. You're fine proteins with bananas. And yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> if it's an immediate, like, the earth is colliding with the sun or something, then yes, bananas will be okay. Well, and then this came up because they were they were saying, like, you know, if they're, like essentially training them to take over Allison's show if something happens to her. But that got me thinking of like, is there someone in your lives that you're like, if I, if I die, this person will replace me. Is that a thing? No, no. Well, well, like yes and no, like anybody could, but no one specific. Not anyone (laughs) could replace you. Matt. (laughs) That's, that's kind of the way, you know, I don't know. Because I think that comes up a lot at work where like people think in a, in a job they're not um, replaceable. But then like every time somebody leaves a job, obviously, you know, life goes on. And I think I, I've known a lot of people who have like felt bad leaving a job um, because it's like, well, what is what's going to happen if I'm not here to do X, Y and Z? But, you know, people always... Um, fill that in. So I think that's where I get that mentality from. It's like, yeah, if I move on, there's some, somebody will, somebody will jump in. I have had that thought with, uh, on the other end of that. Cause I, I'm not married. I don't have kids, but my brother has a wife and a daughter. And I was like, especially when my niece was young, I was like, I guess if he dies, I'm going to have to like move in and help out. Um, but not in any serious way, no. Okay, I was going to say, was it, weren't there like two baseball players that switched wives? Does this sound familiar? <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. Yeah, there's a, I, I, I'm not enough of a baseball fan to know, but there's actually, there's a, like a comedy history podcast called The Dollop, and they did an episode about that. Yeah, there was a couple of baseball players who 
both decided to leave their wives and they, they each took the other guy's wife. Um, it was It's a whole long, crazy situation that happened. Is just another friend interchangeable then? As far as who I'm dating, no. Because you, in order for you to have a successful relationship, you can't just have a friendship. You have to also have a spark or an attraction to one another. So, you know, there are plenty of friends who, you know, you only see as a friend and you don't think about in another way. So I would say no. It's not interchangeable in that respect. Not like, hey, you know, we all know since this is our third time on the podcast that we all work well together and how things work here. So we could easily change out these pieces here. Kind of like, you know, with the different different, uh, cast that Allison has whenever cast members were to leave. So, you know. It's uh, pretty much, I would say this cast here that Allison has now, you know, pretty much a seamless transition from what was previous because, you know, what she has now, I was like, wow, this works instantly. Like, I instantly like all of these people. Whereas, you know, not going to lie, Greg, it took a while for Greg to grow on me. And then once Greg did, when he found, when he left, I was so sad to see Greg go. So, and I'm sure a lot of other listeners were the exact same. Like, eh, not a huge Greg fan to, oh my God, I love Greg so much. So I don't think things are interchangeable like that uh, in that respect for a relationship, no. So then they started talking about uh, the tour documentary that Aaron's ex-husband uh, directed for Throwing Shades Tour. And they talked yeah. about being friends with exes. I think it is different when you're married. Um, I, I don't know how that whole situation would work out, especially when there's kids involved. But in their, in their case, they had no kids, which I think definitely made it easier for them. You know, I've definitely seen in my own life of people that I've known that have been divorced. And I mean, some of it's just been exes. It's like long-term boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, I've definitely seen it go both ways where people just like never talk to each other again versus like they're great friends. They move past it somehow. It seemed, but it was really interesting to hear their story of like jumping in, getting married. And then along the way, both at the same time, kind of like, yeah, let's, let's not do this anymore, but let's be friends. (laughs) I don't know, but I can see I think, you know, people getting married, especially the younger you do, again, it's like some of those people, you see both sides. Some people are like high school sweethearts, stay together forever. Uh, Other people, it's like, oh, well, they just got together young and didn't know who they were yet, and it just didn't work out, you know? But they definitely had an interesting experience making making a movie together afterwards. Yeah, and um, Brian said a quote that Aaron said that that was like, he's like dropping knowledge. He said something like, uh, they were talking about being friends with exes and how the older generation would never do that. And then he said, that's because they weren't friends to begin with, which I thought was very wise of him to say. But that is so true. Like, yeah, when it's like someone that you were just together because of physical attraction or whatever and then when you break up it's like you couldn't care less but when but when it's like someone you care about and like you really care about their well-being I feel like you can move on and just be friends still 
it's such a knowledge bomb that I brought that up to my wife, who does not listen to podcasts. She's tried, but she just can't get into them. And uh, we actually wholeheartedly agree, whereas, because my main concern was, hey, because uh, my wife and I, we get along so well, uh, and, you know, we're always joking around, and, you know, she was pretty much my best friend before I married her, which is part of the reason why I married her. So my primary concern was what stemmed from them becoming exes. Uh, it's like kissing your brother. It's like, hey, it's not like kissing your brother <laughs> when you're with me, is it? And so, you know, we progress into that, and she's like, hey, you know what? Like, I can honestly see that. Like, if our parents were to get divorced, they would have nothing to do with one another. But if the two of us got divorced, like, I would still go hang out with her sisters and her family, uh, and she would probably do the exact same on my side of the family. That's because we like each other's family so much, and, like, we're friends with everybody in the family, and, you know, the two of us, we were friends before, and we'd be able to be friends afterwards. So I honestly believe, like, that's a big part of what it is. But also, I will say that uh, back in our parents' generation, like the divorce rate wasn't 51 plus percent. So, you know, if you got married and it didn't work out, you know, you the mindset was then we'll try to make it work. And then if we can't make it work, then, you know, after years, maybe we'll get divorced or whatever. But at the but they're going to try to make it work here. It's now it's so easy to get a divorce that is, you know, being wife, husband and wife is really no different from being boyfriend, girlfriend outside of the tax benefits. And if you want to break up, you have to bring courts into it. So, you know, if you're, I planned on only getting married once and I'm sure everybody else has the same way. So you're going to marry somebody who you're actually friends with before you marry them now at this point. So I believe that's something that we're cognizant of that our parents didn't even think about in their generation. Yeah, I think that was definitely really true. And also it's an age thing too. Like, I think if you're, you know, you're 19 and you break up with someone wanting to stay in their life might have more to do with, you know, just not wanting to lose that connection and trying to hold on to a piece of the relationship. Whereas if you break up and, you know, you meet someone in your late twenties or thirties or whatever, you might actually, you might be more clear on whether or not you actually want to stay friends with that person. It's not just, you know, some sort of longing for the, the relationship to be back on some level. They talked about anxiety, which also came up in the Thursday episode. And they talked about, the notion of uh, taking someone captive with your anxiety. Yeah, uh, I have that exact same note. Taking yeah. taking someone captive with anxiety. I thought that was a really interesting uh, idea. Yeah, and I, Allison sort of copped to being um, a little bit that way, which I thought uh, it makes sense if you're if you're anxious about things and you sort of are turning to other people to help you deal with them. It can put pressure on those other people to deal with you, even if it's not necessarily their problem well yeah and part of part of anxiety is um one of one of the antidotes to anxiety i think is mindfulness or um you know anxiety is kind of like your brain going through all these things trying to think what's uh you know kind of a flight or fight or flight response where um you end up getting uh frightened of things or or frightened in the situation, whether it be social anxiety or, or whatever type it is. And whereas mindfulness is like, um, you know, this sort of taking a step back and saying, well, what, what's the reality of the situation, getting some perspective, being more in the moment, 
as opposed to imagining a bunch of bad possibilities that might happen. And so it's interesting to me that um, that uh, you're taking somebody captive. Uh, you're making other people pay attention to you because you can't be in the moment. You're like the opposite of being in the moment. And so they're forced to be the, the buffer or the one offering perspective or whatever. Yeah, and Allison was so famous for it that they came up with rosinating. Like she, she said they would just sit around <laughs> and think about a text all day or whatever, like a guy sent her. Yeah, which is which is a really you know some of the stuff she's talking about now, and I'm glad she's talking about it with the um, Lexapro and the medications and stuff. I'm glad she's talking about that very openly, especially from the beginning of uh, starting out on something like that, trying to understand if it's even working for her or not. Um, actually, uh, making the effort to go in and get and talk to somebody and get, you know, a diagnosis like that. I think those are all things that people, it's, it's, it's hard for people to make that leap a lot when they need to. And so I think the fact that her kind of like she did with the, um, fertility stuff, just kind of talking like, Hey, people go through this. This is pretty normal. And I don't know. I just think the more people talk about it helps. Um, yeah, I like whenever people talk about what they're going through and it's it's good that she's also not just talking about like being depressed or whatever. She's also informing us that she's like trying to get better. Yeah, that's it's funny you mentioned that. That's interesting. Sometimes it's easier for people to talk about the problems they have than talk about what they're actually trying. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a lot of people don't share that much or they don't want to look bad if it doesn't work out. But I do... I agree. It's it's nice that she's actually sort of um, taking us with her on her on her trying to work through these problems. Wow! Shots fired in my direction. I know. I need to go to therapy <laughs> twice. I mean, that's not exactly. I mean, listen. I'll be honest. This is an intervention. We tricked you into scheduling your own intervention. That dog on the screen with glasses does look kind of judgmental right now. <laughs> kind of does look like a therapist. Yeah, it does. It's got almost like an ascot. Yeah. I made a note that, and I have no idea if you guys will, if this will be familiar uh, to you guys or if you can hearken back to um, the connection I'm trying to make here, which is a, an audio one, which is uh, Aaron Gibson's voice. I kept listening to it being like, there's a podcast I listened to where I, hear a voice that reminds me of this one a lot and it took me a while and all of a sudden i figured out it was uh, april richardson who's on i knew you were gonna say that really and and it, who's on um dana gould's podcast quite a bit and i and i always catch that one so um yeah what is it is that like uh is that a california accent is it uh South combined with California accent? Yeah, it's funny you mention that because April Richardson grew up in Georgia, even though she lives in California now. So I do wonder if it's like some sort of um, a little bit of both of them mixed together. Um, and I think I'm going to go out on a limb and I think uh, uh, Aaron is from like Virginia or something. She's from somewhere in the South, I think. Um, but okay. yeah, they. I don't think of them as having the same voice, but once you, once you said 
oh, it sounded like someone else from a podcast. I was like, oh, exactly. It does. It does kind of sound like April Richardson. And they also have, they both have like a tiny bit of a lisp, I think. Uh, April Richardson more than more than Aaron. But yeah, they do sound similar. Yeah, it's like their voices must be in a similar regist- register and they have like this kind of affect about how they, you know, emphasize words or something like that. I don't know. So I guess we can now move on to Thursday. Uh, we were her little pizza rolls. Um, for one, I just I'm just proud of myself for remembering that Lisa always mentions the carb. Uh, I don't know if there's anything so special about pizza rolls or what made her think of that. Um, so she had her friend Wendy Molyneux, who has been on the show with her sister Lizzie before, and it was great hearing. Uh, someone from Allison's past be on again because they have a built-in rapport already so as like we saw like they have a laughing fit later on in the episode it's just great to have her with someone she's familiar with so I mean it's good I miss Jenna and Al but it's good that she has plenty of people in her life that can come on the show and it will still be a great dynamic wholeheartedly agree um, and it's not with Jenna and Al, I think the blow is softened because, you know, with the Bobo boys, it's not like we're losing them. We still have, a, they'll still come on the podcast occasionally and we'll be able to listen to them on their own podcast. So, you know, it's not such a big loss as it was with Greg or anybody else with Jenna and Al. So I think that also plays a factor into it as well. But I have to agree outside of every time Allison said Wendy, I immediately thought the dog. <laughs> the dynamic was great. I love their inside jokes outside of the group and then them having to explain it. And it just, you know, gave us a glimpse of a, more of a glimpse into Allison's world, which, you know, is the reason that all of us are here. Early on in the episode, they were talking about uh, David going to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and how he has a bunch of stuff he has to do and he wishes he could just have a montage and, of course, they started talking about music for the montage. Eye of the Tiger came up, which I will not be using for the theme song of this show. But what would your montage music be? I This is going to be cliche, but I feel the best montage song is the montage song from South Park. So from the uh, And that is the montage song that I would use. Oh, uh, no, it wasn't South Park. It was, uh, of course, still Matt and Trey but um, it was Team America World Police. So we need a montage is the song that I would use for my montage. <laughs> that, uh, I don't know this song, but that sounds perfect. <laughs> well, essentially it talks about what a montage is and how, you know, we're trying to accomplish this whole thing in a short amount of time and that we need uh, some kick-ass music in order to accomplish it. So that's what this montage is. And... And it's an awesome song. I recommend everybody just YouTube Team America montage and enjoy yourselves. I'm going to have to do that. So as a joke, they were talking about, uh, I think Wendy was saying how 15 minutes later, she's like, that's how long songs are, right? So as a joke, (laughs) I was thinking at the end of the episode, I should just loop Eye of the Tiger for 15 minutes, but I'm not going to do that. Trice. Um, Let's see. I'm going to go with Annie Up by M.O.P., uh, the original version. But for those of you who don't know, it's it's a hip-hop smells like teen spirit, basically. It's one of those songs where it's like, oh, shit, here we go. Uh, But (laughs) I would would have that for, like, 
for like just me like working on my computer at work, like something super boring and anticlimactic, but like the music would be super dramatic about it. Uh, now I know what I'm starting the episode with. And also the last episode where was it? I think it was the episode where Allison was on uh, Jordan Jesse Go by herself, not with Jenna. Yep, that's the one. Jesse, who, as we know, is a hip hop aficionado, was like talking so much about this song. And I could just imagine the blank faces that they had, but I was loving every second of it. Shout it out very to, funny. to uh, Lil Fame and God damn it, why can't I remember his name? Uh, something Dan's. Big Dan's? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, shout out, shout out to M.O.P. That's going to be the theme song. And that's a great song to be a montage song. What about you, Matt? I was thinking, first of all, I the Tiger. I'm not sure that's a strong montage song unless the montage is uh, working out. You know? Like, if it's a getting thing, because they wanted to get things done. Like, he wanted to, wasn't he just doing, like, a bunch of, like, AV setup and <laughs> yeah. ordering type stuff? Like, that was the goal of his montage. I didn't think I, the Tiger, would have fit that well for that. But, so, the only one that popped into my head as we're talking about this is um, is Got the Time by Joe Jackson. I don't know if you know that. Um, I do not know that. Oh, hang on. See if this comes through. That is a good montage song. Like that. And it's all about uh, not having the time to do stuff. So it's uh. Yeah. And then here's the chorus. I'll fade out. But I think I could get a lot done to that. For sure. AV, AV setup. That's the other thing is like, what do I want to, I think for me it would be like yard work. Like if that could go quickly, um, a lot of cutaways to be, you know, like wiping my, the sweat off my face with my shirt. Um, oh man. If someone can create like a montage time machine, I would pay good money for that, that I don't have. Uh, my montage song would obviously be A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. But uh, obviously, <laughs> uh, how do you guys <laughs> feel about fart humor? Vanessa Carlton is great, by the way. I will not brook any any ironic commentary about Miss Carlton. No, I literally have that on my phone and I bump it every now and then. I feel like, like like talking to you guys and I know some of it is a generational thing, but like I I feel really musically illiterate talking to you guys. And I like like sixty-three percent of my life is probably music listening. And so it's like, wow, man. Okay. You know, but, the uh, but, song I just, but every time you, you guys are, are talking to each other, it's like I just <laughs> stay quiet, like I don't know. Okay, I'm about I'm about to play it and you're gonna know it, probably. For the listener, Matt is like he looks like he's twenty-six. Downtown, walking fast, faces passing, I'm homebound. 
You know that song. That's Vanessa somebody? Vanessa Carlton. Alright. Yeah, oh, I just didn't know the name that went with it. On, on Sorry Not Sorry, she she did the piano part and Al had no idea what it was and I was furious. But <laughs> uh, So yeah, I think there there's like a little generational thing. Like, uh, you know, Joe... John Jackson, Jackson, Joe Jackson, <laughs> but John uh, Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Yeah, I'm terrible with names, uh, and we know Vanessa Carlton and Drew Hill. I mean, this is why you know there has to be an intergenerational exchange of knowledge. We're bridging the gap right here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, Trace. You were saying Matt looks like a 20 year old. Yeah, Matt, for for the listener, Matt looks like he's like 26. Like, I was shocked to hear he's 10 years older than me. Um, yeah, I my uh, my hair's been getting a bit grayer lately, but I'm but I, I'll take the compliment. Yeah, same same here. I when we had breakfast the next day after like the last day of Podfest or whatever. Um, yeah. And we were just chatting and whatnot. I was like, geez, this guy looks younger than me. And he has like a wife and kids. I was like, what am I fucking <laughs> doing with my life? Well, I've stayed indoors a lot. That helps. Uh, <laughs> stay out of the sun. That's why I need the, uh, the, the montage for the yard work, honestly. <laughs> uh, Back to fart humor. Uh, was there a, like any type of humor that you guys shied away from because i know i remember one time telling my friend there's two things i don't like and that's shit and dicks and <laughs> but <laughs> as, as, was this apropos of anything or you just wanted to declare it, it one day it was just like he was probably talking about like oh man i just took a shit and i was just like don't tell me that i don't want to know about shit or dicks <laughs> but now as like time goes on it's like pretty much nothing is off off what the fuck am I trying to say? Off the off the table. <laughs> oh yeah, you got God it. Damn it. I for me, I actually like most of that stuff has never been that funny to me. Like it has to be. This this is how it hits me, and I know I'm in the minority, but um, like fart humor, like. Uh, poop humor, if you want to call it. I think that's the way it gets labeled a lot on on Allison's show. Toilet humor? Toilet humor. A lot of it is not, like, I, it's not automatically funny to me because that's the topic. And I think for a lot of people, when it's in that uh, category, there's something already funny, or there's a, a lot of more potential for being funny about it so i'm not that way but if it's just like funny because it's funny then i'm like and i'm not i'm not like i'm not offended by it or anything but there are times there are times i've found on her podcast uh, i have to say that they they bring it up so much and and the nature of it is funny to them that it goes on for so long that after a while i'm just like okay like I need, I need somebody to change the subject now, but but that's me. Trice, it's not my favorite thing in the world. Um, yeah, I mean I don't hate it, but it's like it's 
it's funny when it's actually funny. Like Matt said, it's not automatically funny. Um, yeah, it depends on the situation. That's funny because I I feel like I was... I'm like in the... I think in the minority, like when she starts talking about like gal chat and she's like, my period, this and that. And I'm like, I have no problem with it. And the poop stuff, I have no problem with it. So I feel like maybe I'm in the minority that I'm okay with all of the joking. Uh, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say that. Like, I think like the rest of my uh, family here, like if they, if any of them hear a, a fart sound, they will probably start laughing. <laughs> automatically so i just look at it as like I, I figure you know i'm i'm the one in four who like doesn't just automatically laugh but um but like the the period stuff it's like that doesn't that doesn't necessarily bother me like again like things don't just uh like i think a lot of people would say well that's gross but to me it's only gross if it's if it's something gross about it, you know what I mean? Like if people are just like talking about um, normal stuff or ta talking about a menstrual cycle as, as like something that exists without like getting into like super graphic detail that becomes gross, then, you know, that's that's the only time I get like, oh, that's gross if, if it strikes me that way. But yeah, I've always liked gal chat. I I imagine it's because I didn't grow up with sisters or anything, but I don't know. Since you have a sister, it kind of kills that theory. But I've, I've, it's interesting to hear conversations that women have all the time that men are never really privy to. Um, so I, I, in general, as a rule, I like couch chat. So I would say there's not much. It's pretty hard to offend me, especially being in the Navy for so long. You know, the humor there is pretty crass. Uh, pretty crass. So. Uh, you know, you can't be in the Navy and not have thick skin. So, and also, I, that's where I developed my love of fart humor, just like Allison has. So, <laughs> we we have that in common. So, my uh, my jokes are pretty juvenile, just like hers are. Uh, they also discussed uh, another part of that I loved about having. I should have mentioned this at the top, but Wendy uh, was back. Wendy Molyneux, um, and she went to college with Allison and. Uh, a thing that I love, like, one of the reasons I like Dustin so much is because Allison has a history with him. So hearing, like, these two people who have a good rapport get back together, like, it just makes for a better show. So one of the stories they told was that Wendy and a friend of hers stole a giant Rice Krispie box from their school's cafeteria. And... I just want to know, have you guys ever pulled any pranks like that? Because I I wish I had, but the only, like, mischievous things I did were, like, illegal. Like, like <laughs> not, like, in good humor, though. Oh, I see. For example? Not gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Because uh, definitely... I did, but I'm just like searching my memory form. But like stuff like, because that's totally college. Like stealing a giant cereal box is like, like if you see a giant cereal box and you're in college, and if you don't steal it, there's probably something wrong with you. I would say. Yeah, and well, so much so that another group of people were trying to steal it, and then even steal it from <laughs> yeah, her room right. afterwards. But I was just thinking when I heard this story, I was like, well. 
I'm gonna have to go to Podfest dressed as a Rice Krispie box, but I think I might just save it for Halloween or something. Uh, it might be uncomfortable to sit in. You gotta, you gotta do a walkthrough first. I think is is your plan. <laughs> Find stake out the venue. I was just gonna stand up against the wall in the aisle or something, but uh, <laughs> Podfest is in October, so I mean you could repurpose it if you did use it for you know. You know, I don't know how I'm gonna travel on the plane with that. Do I? Do I check it? Do I trust these people? You know, I'm gonna have to. You buy a seat for the box. I think is what you do. (laughs) It sounds like a big box, so I'm gonna have to buy a couple of seats. Um, Trice, have you done any mischievous acts? I mean, not really. Because I, I fear that things would spin rapidly out of control and I would end up, like, in prison for something. Um, but, uh, uh, no, I mean, not really. Um, the alcohol has taken effect, by the way. I've lost several thoughts that I wanted to talk about. The, Just, I mean, like, I, I remember stealing a street sign oh, like, when yeah. I was young. Um, and was we buried say. it. Like, this was, so I was in high school. We, like, a friend of mine and... I like took it into a small wooded area that was like right near the school and just put like tons of like pine needles and stuff over it. And we're going to like come get it someday. And then, uh, and then like it took us forever to actually move that. I think it might be at his house today, like in his garage, but like it took us forever to get it out of there then. Cause we did that like at night under cover of darkness but uh but then it was like who's gonna like neither one of us can bring this to our house like our parents will see this like what are we gonna do with this sign like it's cool that we have this sign i guess buried out here nobody knows but like we don't tell anybody about it we don't want them to come out here and take it we don't bring it to our houses we just buried a sign in the woods like i don't know (laughs) <laughs> okay, wait, wait. You're passing over the most important part. What was uh-huh. the street sign? Was it like 69th Street or Exit uh, 69 or something? No, it's it's a dip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've definitely heard multiple stories about like, like uh, you know, 69 miles until whatever those kind of signs disappearing, and they have to like redo them at 70 just because people. People will be like, yeah, 69, and steal the signs. Yeah, isn't, uh, isn't, um, oh no, it's, uh, it's 420 in your state, I think, Rafi. Yeah, is, I think there's a, famous a mile marker, a mile marker 420 oh, yeah, that yeah. keeps getting stolen. I'm going to be la- laughing at that. It <laughs> just a dip. Uh, <laughs> so, Trice, do you have a sign stealing story? I don't. I don't. I was just thinking about the the marker signs getting stolen. Um, I, yeah, I don't. It's it seems like a bad idea to steal a sign because someone's going to be like, oh, I, I missed my exit. I don't know what happened. It's, it's, yeah, no, it's it's uh, no. I I respect. It's the true. desire yeah, for would, chaos. And we, would, we would all go down to the street and like watch people who didn't know a dip was approaching. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that is funny. Oh, the laughs we had. And have you now, in, in the, being in the military, I'm, assur- I'm sure that crazy pranks were going on all the time because you're just bored out of your mind. So I want to hear some of your best stories. Okay, so one of the best stories is uh, when people new come in, uh, they're not 
qualified to do anything. Uh, so essentially, they're running around trying to get qualified to learn how to operate reactors and do different watch stations to be useful. Uh, so uh, what we call them, which is frowned upon in the Navy, uh, is NUBS, which stands for non-useful body. Uh, so people can, some people consider that a derogatory term, but you know that's pretty much what the uh, what you are when you first come. You're not useful because you're not on the watch bill. So you know they, we generally have them. Uh, you know, taking out trash, cleaning up, in, in addition to doing their qualifications. Now, of course, when new people come, of course, older people, when they're bored, want to pick on them and haze them a little bit. Um, so uh, you may or may not know this, or some of your listeners may or may not know this, but in order for the boat to turn, it has, rotor, uh, it has a rotor that turns a propeller. In order to turn this rotor, uh, we generate steam with the nuclear reactor to turn this rotor to make the boat go. So... Uh, one of the best pranks that I've ever seen is they they got a nub uh, and duct taped him to the rotor uh, when the boat was going slow uh, during night maneuvers. So it's not like we were going fast or anything. He was not in any danger. But, you know, they duct taped him and then just left him. And he was there for I don't know how long, just screaming for somebody to help. And then, you know, like uh, everybody laughed at him. And then when the next watch station came to relieve that watch station, he was still there. <laughs> and the person on watch found him and let him go. So that was a great prank. And one uh, when I was qualifying, uh, one of the senior people, they said that uh, it's like, uh, hey, like a. Uh, how are you doing on quals? I was like, yeah, you know, quals is pretty easy. Like, uh, because I was also older when I joined the Navy. So I had a different, I was the same age as the senior people. So, you know, I had a different dynamic th with them than the other people did. Uh, so I was like, yeah, it's pretty easy. It's not that hard. You know, you just go, you read a book, you know, do a little song, do a little dance, get some signatures and then you're done. He's like, all right, well, you know, you do a little, it's like, do this, uh, like, draw this system on the board, which, you know, I have to, you have to draw, like, the entire piping diagram and valves and all this for memory, and, uh, and then, you know, do a little song and dance, and then I'll give you uh, the signature. He thought, when he said song and dance, he meant, you know, tell me about the system, but I drew the system for him, and then started singing New York, New York by Frank Sinatra for them. And I did a song and dance and they were dying laughing. And they signed my, and they signed my book and told me to get out. So that's a, that's a prank that I did when I was qualifying. So, so yeah, lots of good things going on in the Navy prank wise. <laughs> and just as you said, out of boredom. <laughs> so Allison is taking a voiceover class and she had quite the faux pas um, I th I th the interesting thing about that story to me was that she said how weird it was to be back in a classroom setting. And I remember uh, a few years back, I took a class for something and had just how weird it was, like, deciding, I was like, this is where I'm going to sit. And, like, I wonder who's going to sit next to me. And, you know, do, like, do I start the conversation or, you know, do I try to make small talk? And that's the part that really resonated with me. But have you guys taken any classes at say a community college or anything uh not for a couple of years but i guess oh god like four five years ago i took a japanese class um I, it was just second semester japanese i'd already taken it before but i wanted like a, a refresher and something to do so i took it again and i <laughs> i was not prepared for my dislike of like 19 year olds <laughs> like, uh, was, I, and like, it's not like they were complete assholes or doing anything wrong. They were just like, like, 
I don't know, regular dickheads. And I was like, oh, these fucking assholes get out of here. Especially because I didn't have a car at the time. And I was like, oh, these assholes have a car, too. This is this is humiliating. Yeah, no, I haven't done that. But I but the thought that comes to my mind when um, you bring up that story of hers is that I was surprised how much like there was not enough yes anding going on there. Like I, I couldn't believe the other people in the room were not like, yes, that totally has happened to me before because it's definitely happened to me. I've definitely been in a group setting and not quite known the level of humor comfort in the room and and just like, you know, blurted out something sarcastic for sure. Of course. It has to and, happen. And, and, and like had just like a couple eyes go your way. And it, one of those things like I've, I've been on the other end of it, too, where like maybe somebody else has said it. And it's like even even if you think it's funny, you know, you're in a room that that's not the uh that's not the temperature of the room <laughs> so so like you don't even laugh even if even if you thought what the person said was funny and i just couldn't believe like she kept explaining this like am i crazy and i'm, and I'm thinking no that happens all the time or, or maybe it's just you know <laughs> maybe i'm maybe that's one of my quirks that i forgot to list off earlier well yeah i i actually think about that a lot because when I'm with like people I don't know that well, even though I I think I'm funny, I will not make a joke because I've been burned so many times where, you know, like you throw a joke out there and then people look at you like you're crazy. But I feel like like on one hand, I'm like, I don't want to look like a nut job who's making jokes about everything. But on the other hand, it's like that Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Apparently the alcohol's taken away. Wayne Gretzky? Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky quote where he says you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So I'm like, I gotta be throwing these jokes out there to prove to people I'm funny, but then, you know, if I say the wrong thing, I'm gonna get like a bunch of like blank stares like she got. So you know, I don't know what to do. So I just don't talk now. <laughs> <laughs> um oh you should end the episode there i thought you wanted an awkward silence right there good yeah i did so daniel started talking about how at a work function of some sort they all went around and they asked everyone to tell a joke and this so two things about these episodes reminded me of things that happened to me so this was one of them at after Megan's festival, we all went back to her apartment and were drinking champagne and whatnot up until the middle of the night. And one of her friends was talking about how everyone knows like a terrible dad joke and she just loves them. So she was like, tell me a joke. And I was like, I don't really know any jokes. She's like, everyone knows one. I was like, I know Doug Benson's dog joke. And she's like, tell that one. Fortunately, I forget what happened, but something happened where I got out of it. So I didn't, you know, look like Daniel didn't put his foot in his mouth. But <laughs> what is it a crude joke? What's what's Doug, Doug Benson's dog joke? Um, it's I don't remember it exactly, but I'll do my best. <laughs> I'll just yeah, I'll just put you on the spot again. You can recreate the whole awkwardness and everything. <laughs> so he there's like a dog that that can speak, and then. Um, you know, he's like, uh, there's no way that's true. He's like, sure, ask him anything. And so he says, um, 
what is the thing on top of a house? And he says, roof. And he says, um, fuck, I can't even remember the next thing. Uh, but, but the joke is like, uh, what's a tourist attraction in San Francisco? And he says, wharf, more specific, fisherman's wharf. <laughs> That's nice. the joke. So, uh, I thought this would be a great opportunity to put you guys on the spot. So, Trice, do you know a joke? No, I know no jokes. Uh, that is a nightmare scenario. Thank you for making this real. We're not moving on until you tell us a joke. Right, so I'll, I'll, maybe you can nope. take over because I'll, I'll uh, jump in. Um, because I know this is a joke um, that makes my wife laugh fairly consistently. And it's like one you would see on like Laffy Taffy or something like that. And, and like, like my kids like it. Like it's completely like a second grade joke. But for some reason makes her laugh every time. So that's the only reason I remember it. Because I'm terrible at remembering jokes too. And uh, it is, uh, why did the stoplight turn red? Uh, you would too if you had to change in front of everybody. I feel like, yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> no, the only joke I have saved in my memory is a man walks into a bar and says, ouch. <laughs> you got to That's, uh... There's also <laughs> a, a, a slightly more offensive, like, grandpa joke is, uh, why do women wear makeup and perfume? Oh, what's this? I don't know if I know this uh, Because they're ugly and they smell. <laughs> <laughs> that So while, Matt, you were telling your joke, I remembered another joke that I know. Uh, it's a knock-knock joke, so knock-knock. Who's there? Who's there? 9-11. 9-11. You said you'd never forget. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> So glad we could go through that. Um, we got an Al and Jenna update. It's nice to hear that they are reunited and it feels so good. Um, they're in their big empty house in Atlanta somewhere. And it's just nice to hear Al happy again. It felt like for a minute there he was just living a miserable existence, but... Yeah, it did come through that, uh, like, being together and, like, how much the... You could just hear it in their voices, I guess, you know, compared to the solo ones that they were doing the weeks before that. And, uh, which was kind of funny to me because it's you're kind of like, aw, but it's like, um, from Al's old stories of being a road warrior and stuff, like, I was... Um, flying from place to place it seems like sort of a lonely existence to me at least and maybe maybe that's maybe i'm not uh quite interpreting those stories correctly but i i just thought like sometimes it's nice to have some time to yourself too or or go it alone and i thought he would kind of been used to taking care of himself a lot and uh so it's just funny to hear his updates uh the weeks before they got together and uh <laughs> Kind of, kind of sweet to hear them now. You know, back together. I disagree. I did not approve. <laughs> no, it was, it was great. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think that the previous episodes were as depressing as they sounded. It was just like, I don't know. It was kind of the context of the show and what they were talking about and everything. But it was, you could definitely hear a difference having them actually be together. I think anytime you, right, you've got a bunch of people like they're all sitting around um, making each other laugh. And then it's like, let's let's play the update from the guy who's not with his family on the road in a in a hotel somewhere <laughs> the context yeah, like, a, lot to do a guy that. sprang for bugs yeah right <laughs> one of the things that is a constant i feel like in allison's life is burping she used to have burping contests uh back on the ustream days they did it and now they were talking about burping on command is this something you guys can do? Because I can do it, but I think I do it differently than Wendy does. I cannot. I can, like, swallow an air bubble, but it takes, like, two or three minutes before it actually turns into a burp. I can't do it. And I remember trying when I was a kid, and I just kind of moved on. I was like, Matt, maybe this isn't for you. This might not be a part of your life, Matt. A real so Jesus moment. Yeah. But I think... Uh, I think again, like, I think my son can like already and he's, uh, like seven. So <laughs> like, I mean, like I didn't teach him, like, I don't know. He's he self-taught. From. He's a prodigy. Well, that's probably true. Yes. I can't, I can't like swallow an air bubble and do it. I do this weird thing where the way I, I keep thinking about how to describe it. And the only, only way is like, I like kind of grind the air in my throat and then burp it out uh which i'm not gonna do right now because i'm sure some or everyone listening if anyone is listening uh they don't want to hear this but just know it's not a very impressive burp and it's really weird so daniel talked about how he would wake up like upset that he woke up and didn't die in the middle of the night um, before he got on antidepressants which i mean I don't know. I can kind of relate to that. Not like, not in an extreme way, but like, uh, I'm put it this way. I'm not a morning person and I'm not sure how much of that is just normal and how much of that is like, oh, you shouldn't be this upset that it's the morning. Same. Hate the mornings, but, but then again, see, I hate waking up, but, but then like if it's my day off or something and I'm like, I have to drive somewhere and it's like six in the morning. We're like, oh, it's so great. The, like the sun is coming out and there's no traffic. I like that part, but the actual waking up part is the hard part. So I relate. Yeah, I think it might be a lot of a lot of it may have to do with me being a poor sleeper. So I'm tired and irritable 100 percent of the time I wake up. But like you said, <laughs> on weekends, it's, you know, when you get to choose that you're, where you're going, it's it's not so bad. I think we should talk about JMOs. Absolutely. So living over here in the Middle East. Uh, with everything that's going on with Qatar, not Qatar. They talked about Qatar versus Qatar. And that is a thing here. Like that is a, that has been a legit argument in my, uh, in my office. And like, we are like the jets and the sharks Uh, for those who don't know West side story. It's a musical. They're two rival gangs. They were fighting each other. Imagine uh, Michael Jackson's beat it. And you know, we're one gang versus the other gang. So there are people who are like, hey, you know, Cutter is what they want to call it. So, you know, let's just call it Cutter. 
but I am a cutter truther. It's like, no, it's Qatar. <laughs> it's been Qatar for decades. I like you in the words of Jay Z, you can't change a player's game in the ninth inning. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, like, so Qatar is what it is. Uh, so I, that one really spoke to me when they brought that up. I was like, whoa, that is like so serendipitous because we're going to be talking about JMOs on this episode. And that JMO particularly has something to do with me uh, because in addition to that, uh, the cheapest way to fly back to America was to use Qatar Airways uh, because since it's owned by Qatar government, they give deep discounts as in, uh, when, because they subsidize the airline. So I could fly home round trip for $600. And that was amazing, right? Like you can't even fly from New York to LA for that amount of money. So for $600, I could fly home. So I love Qatar Airways. And, you know, you'd have to, uh, of course, fly to Doha. But then when all of the uh, the sanctions and things started, they cut all flights to Doha. So, you know, now my flights have doubled, tripled, depending on when you get them. So... Personal relationship with Qatar, not Qatar. And uh, this was also a big argument in the office when all of that went down. So, you know, now we're all at war. Okay, yeah. And I thought that that JMO was funny, too, because um, the person that sent it in was Boinkity. And he said that he grew up with it being called Quaytar, which I never heard that. I've only I've heard Qatar. I've never heard that ever. I've only heard Qatar as well. But, you know, who knows what they were calling it in like our parents' generation and not calling the person who wrote in old, but I know Allison has a like a wide array of different types of listeners. So he might be older, but I know it's always been Qatar since I've ever heard of the country. Until recently, obviously. Uh Matt, do you have a JMO that tickled your fancy? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on now? I've never Staying said on topic that. With the, the, <laughs> oh, I see. The Viagra and the, you know, what's the other one? See how this? There you go. Stay in your own tub, man. So just by the way, all that is getting edited out, so people are going to be very confused. <laughs> they talked about brawny. Oh, yeah, somebody <laughs> said that they buy the brawny brand because he's like a sexy guy or something. Yeah, and then she said, hers, she bought, uh, what does she Viva. buy? Viva? Yes, and I also use but Viva not, towels. But it's, but it's not, not, a, not a sexual choice. Not yeah, a sexual she said, choice. I buy Viva, but it's not a sexual choice. <laughs> a lot of people uh, seem to get a kick out of that. I know Megan tweeted about it. I know I thought that was funny, and apparently we all thought it was funny. Well, the one, well, I, I definitely identified with the one or it was like Breaking Bad is on TV with commercials, but you won't go to the, <laughs> it's on Netflix too, but because you came across it with commercials, you just sit there and watch that instead of going over to Netflix where you could just pause it and, and uh, watch it without commercials. It's kind of a weird habit that I think a lot of people get into, but uh, so there's, there's some psychological barrier there to, like, well, I'm in the middle of this now. I don't have to, it's very passive. It's like, I don't have to do much to change what's going on. And I'm enjoying Breaking Bad. There I would have to, you know, go find it, search for it, start up the episode from the top, blah, blah, blah. I don't know why that is. Is that uh, human nature with you guys? Or <laughs> would you just go watch the actual good unedited one? 
Uh, I definitely have the same thing. Like any of my favorite shows, if they were on TV, I'd be like, oh, this is this is somehow better. It's I don't know. I've part of it for me feels like being like like hey, we're all watching a thing, even if no one else is with me and watching it. It feels like yes, it feels it's, current. It's, it right, it's live. It's it's something that's it's something that's going on in the world right now, because it's being broadcast right now, as opposed to me going and streaming the on-demand thing, which is, um, that's weird, isn't it? That's it's, it's yeah. like a, a weird psychological thing where it's like, I would rather watch something happening live. But I find that all the time. I find that too with like um, podcasts and other audio, like like radio, like when I want to, or when I want to switch to, um, you know, music to, I don't know, maybe a radio station or something like that. But there's just different times in my day where I'm like, it's okay for me to go get the on-demand, off-the-shelf stuff that's specifically what I want to hear at the moment. And there's other times where it's like, let's see what uh, a lot of other people are watching or listening to right now. And <laughs> go turn that on. Yeah, I have that less with movies, but definitely with TV shows, like if The Simpsons is on or something like that. or mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, like any show I like, I, I get some sort of special enjoyment out of it if it's actually live. Uh, I am the same way. Um, if Seinfeld or The Simpsons is on, it's and it's like a good episode, I will watch it. But I don't, you know. Well, the thing with like the the DVD, I have the DVD box set of Seinfeld, but it's like if I want to see a certain episode, I don't know what season or episode it is, so I have to Google it first, and then it's like, oh, that's season six, episode five. So then I have to like flip through the thing, find the disc, then put it in the player. And then, so now I want, I see that episode now, which is great, but you know, it's, it's not as convenient and it's just, when something is just at your fingertips like that, it's not as special as when it just randomly comes on. Like if it's, you know, the, the Marble Rye episode or whatever, then I'm like, oh, great, I love this episode. I'm going to sit right. here and watch it. But for me to just pick that episode, there's a million other things I could be doing. So it it is, I relate to that a lot. Trice, did you have a JMO? Uh, yes. Stalling for time. The JMO. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, my JMO is also the brawny guy one. So what kind of paper towels do you guys buy? Because I choose Viva because they are like soft and absorbent, but I feel like they're good for cleaning up a mess, but not for wiping my mouth or something. I would prefer a rougher towel. Uh, paper towels are a, a controversial item in my household. I do feel kind of, <laughs> I feel kind of wasteful buying them just because when I, when I was growing up, it was like, my mom was like a single mom with three kids. So it was like, we would, because we would go through a million paper towels because we were kids, like we never had paper towels. We just used either actual like cloth stuff to clean stuff up that was rewashable or we just grabbed some toilet paper and, and clean something up. So to actually have paper towels now, I feel sort of, it's, it's like a weird indulgence for me. Um, but generally, I will go with, like, price versus value or whatever. Whatever's the cheapest per square foot, but also isn't too terrible. So it's it's more about, uh, 
I don't know, utility more than actual actually having like a favorite brand? Uh, I think in our household, we get the Target store brand. And um, I'm not the person who picks it, but I have no complaints. And it uh, tears in like... Uh, maybe you guys could tell me because you're maybe using other brands than I am that uh, it tears into smaller pieces than like what they did when I was a kid. Like it, like it tears into the perforations are, would give you like a half a size of what we used to pull off when we were back in, uh, you know, the year of the ox uh, when I was, (laughs) when I was born. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely um, a thing. And uh, is, is, are they all like that now? Um, I don't know if they're all like that, but definitely the last couple. And I, I bought different brands, but they all have like the half sizes where, you know, if you only need to clean up like a smaller spill or whatever, you can use, you know, what, yeah. instead of actually tearing one in half, you just use the, the, the half size. And if you need a full one, you take two. Well, and also we like never really buy napkins much. And then we just use those at uh, meals for our napkins too because they're like about the right size so so trace i'm curious what is your living situation oh no i live alone (laughs) when i said my household i was being ironic we also said it was controversial so i was wondering who you're arguing with (laughs) he's arguing with the brawny man apparently (laughs) right now it's a sort of bounty rainbow but same idea no you're a handsome guy no you are (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I thought you were talking to Trice at first. I'll, I'll that's, take that's, it. That's Trice talking to the brownie. I'm also curious about who you're dating. Who, me? Yes. Uh, nobody. It's not me. Oh, because on the last episode, you said something like, ah, oh, shit, what did you say? And then you were like, why are you so surprised, Talisa? Oh, See, I see. I wonder how that came across. No, I said I was off the market, and I think it sounded like on the market just because, I don't know, me and Lisa were talking at the same time or something. Oh, no, I think that's what it was. I said I was off the market. You said you were and off the maybe market she assumed as taken. I was dating someone. No, no, no. I'm just, like, not looking right now. Oh, okay. So on that note, if you would like to date Trice and live in Sacramento, I believe, uh, oh you can hit him up on Twitter at TSDCX, but um, if you want to be a part of this show, you can email bffancast at gmail.com. You should follow my co-host Lisa on Twitter at jmos and bffs. You can support Allison by clicking through her Amazon banner, buying a t-shirt, supporting her on Patreon. You get tons of great things like pins and keychains and whatnot. Uh, you can buy a pin on her website, but not the Bag of Dicks pin from Daniel, because he's all sold out. You can rent Fun to Hug. You should listen to Daniel's podcast, The Watching Hour, where they discuss currently Twin Peaks and Game of Thrones. And, of course, we have to shout out to Brittany. Happy belated birthday. On that note, um, thank you so much for being on the show. And where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Hova1914, 1914, not spelled out 1914, um, and Instagram at the same account. But I do have one more remark in closing. So uh, in your Twitter, I saw the picture of you, Allison, and Daniel 
with Daniel wearing the Hawaiian shirt that has been much maligned by Allison. I have to say, Allison, if you're listening, you are wrong. Daniel, that Hawaiian shirt is amazing. It fits you so well. I love that shirt. Keep wearing it. Dequant's on the snappy. All of that. I love it. So as a fellow husband, I, I have to align with Daniel on this one. That shirt is awesome. You're doing the right thing. I would agree with that. Where can we find you, Matt? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, and uh, currently my account, uh, I've been keeping it locked, so I haven't really, <laughs> you don't get a lot of new followers that way, but um, please go ahead and put in a follow request, and uh, anybody who's a friend of the show, I uh, accept and follow back, so, um, and it's B-L-U-K-N-U on Twitter. And Trice, where can we find you? Uh, I am on Twitter at TSDCX. I'm going to issue uh, the same thing Megan said. Um, if you are looking to date me, uh, lesbians only. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that um, so I follow or try to follow 69 people on Twitter only. So every now and then. <laughs> I unfollow people and then follow new people. So I currently follow Matt, but I definitely suggest that you follow Trice because he's very funny. And Matt, you are as well. I like your tweets a lot. But okay, I don't <laughs> like tweets on Twitter because then I use my likes as like a list of stuff I need to read or look at later, which I wish... I wish Twitter would just add a function where I can like add it to a like a folder of shit I need to look at later so I could actually like people's posts. But I like everything you guys post, so definitely follow them on Twitter. And we will be back next week with Lisa, I believe, and possibly others. So thanks for listening and goodbye. Fresh to death in Moschino Coach bag looking half black and Filipino Thinking no jazz got you a beat but a feeling poor Surrounded your feet and Jonah Davis and Charles Jordan I keep it up but love You know these hoes be making me weak Y'all know how it goes be And so I creep I've been sinning since you've been playing with Bobby and Kenny You can't change a player's game in the ninth inning The chrome rim spinning keeps them grinning So I run way the fuck up in them and wrinkle their face like linen I play hard until they say God He's keeping it real Chicka stay hard Love don't even I never slip, nigga. Get a grip. What you don't see is what you